It's week seven of the Spider Insight Podcast, and it's our first post-victory edition following the Spiders' 38-6 victory over Delaware State. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spider Insight Podcast along with Christian Gravis. I'm Bob Black. So many highlights to relive from the Spider victory Saturday. I want to start us out with one today, the one that really seemed to energize everybody, players, coaches, fans, and broadcasters. Wickersham to the air over the middle. He's got Jerry Garcia picking him up and putting him down to the end zone for the Spider touchdown. 56 yards, Kyle Wickersham to Jerry Garcia just before halftime. And that's the shot I'm talking about. That's the shot to take. This offense is not in a place not where they need to be hemming and hawing. You got to take some shots. You got to figure some things out. We talk, Coach Huseman has said it all week. He wants to take some shots. Some big chunk plays is what we're looking for. This is a great opportunity to take that chance. Jerry Garcia, not sure how he slips behind this defense. Maybe they were expecting something a little shorter. We know about his speed. No chance of getting him once he catches that ball. Picking him up and putting him down, as you say, Mr. Black. Christian, that one really did seem to jumpstart everybody. It gave the Spiders a commanding lead at halftime. It came right before the half, and it kind of highlighted the great day that Kyle Wickersham had. That's right, and it was it was a lot of what we you know we're looking to see out of Kyle. I guess through these first three games, um, we've been saying it the past two weeks. It's you know we want to see that long ball uh, from him. So for a 56-yard touchdown to happen, that's very you know. That's exactly what we were looking for out of him, I guess. And you can see the De Janeiro touchdown as well at 44 yards. It's good to see Kyle getting downfield like that and, you know, the team going headed that way. Kyle goes 20 of 25, 246 yards, two touchdowns. Those are great numbers, but the goose egg numbers, the donut numbers in the other two categories, I think are equally as impressive. Zero interceptions, zero quarterback sacks. That's right, and that's a testament to our offensive line coming around um, and also you know, giving Kyle more time, I think, that we saw against Delaware State versus the other two games. We're giving Kyle more time to pass and to make that choice. And, you know, I think in the first two games he was waiting a little bit on receivers to, to be open, and I think, the, you know, this game he maybe threw it a split second faster. So this was the overall offensive output that I think we were all looking for, whether it's Coach Usman, uh, the co-coordinators, Coach Ross, Coach October, us in the press box, us on the broadcast, you know, uh, eight different receivers catch passes, five different guys rush the football. They spread the wealth around Saturday and put 38 on the board, most importantly. Mm -hmm. It was a full team effort and, yeah, like you said, highest offensive output of the season. I really liked seeing the way that we were spreading the ball and getting it in the hands of, you know, several different people. All right, maybe the offense put 31 on the board because Wayne Galloway took care of the other one with the 81-yard pick six. And again, the defense, same way. So many guys got involved in Saturday's victory defensively. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest ones that stands out for me is Xander Barnett, you know, filling in for Jeremiah Grant. Uh, You know, Xander comes away with two and a half quarterback sacks, uh, tackles for loss. Uh, So just great. You know, he's a great player. Um, It's great that we have him in that rotation. One of those guys who also had a highlight Saturday is going to be our guest here in just a couple of minutes. Defensive back Jabril Hayes had his first spider interception as part of a really good day overall for the defense. What do you think now, Christian? We'll talk to Jabril about this a little bit. Uh, One and two going into conference play, probably a game behind where we thought the spiders would be, but how much Saturday can be used as a springboard for Stony Brook this week and beyond in CAA competition. I think it's just, it's simple. It comes down to the way that you feel and carry yourself after losses versus after wins. You know, I, I think each win is a confident boost 
booster in itself. And so headed into conference play now, you know, we're coming in the way that we want to be coming off a win. Spiders win that one by a score of 38-6 to over Delaware State. And we will, a little bit later in the podcast, start to look ahead to Stony Brook next week, uh, a place that has been troublesome for the Spiders in the past, to say the least. So we'll get we'll get into all of that. I'll tell you what, let's get right in with uh, Jabril Hayes now, since we're talking about the feel-good victory and, and all of that. Jabril, congratulations on a great game for you individually and the team uh, personally. How did you guys feel about that kind of dominant victory Saturday afternoon? Um, it definitely meant a lot. Guys were juiced up after the game, you know, had a lot of energy. But obviously we know that, um, you know, the job's not done, the, the work's not finished. we got to continue to work forward and, you know, attack Stony Brook this week. All right, speaking of juiced up, you might think that I'm going to start with your interception. But I'm not going to start with your interception. I want to start with your special teams play that seemed to juice everybody up. This came right after the Kyle Wickersham to Jerry Garcia touchdown pass right right before halftime and then this happens boy the spiders on special teams have really shown up that's jabril hayes with the body slam tackle and then the clenched fist pumping at the end of the play the passion is there that's what you're looking for i noticed that the guys are kind of coming up to me like uh it was like three or two or three guys that kept coming up to me on the on the previous kickoffs so i kind of felt like i could um dip around those two guys and get to the ball carrier which i did So when I hit him, I I felt like I was just going to start driving my feet. And then I kind of felt like I wanted to suplex him. I I knew that would get the guys juiced up on the sideline. So it was energy that we definitely needed going into halftime. As you heard me say on the play-by-play call, we caught you with that clenched fist pumping as you came off the field. Yeah. You were pretty fired up. Yeah, I was, I was definitely fired up. Uh, I had a hit like that in a, a previous game. So, you know, just to go out there and do it again and, you know, have the guys, you know, uh, showing me love soon as the play is done uh, is exactly what we needed, exactly what I needed. So, How do you take that momentum from the Delaware State game into the Stony Brook this week in the start of CAA play? I felt like I played a, a pretty solid game, but um, – like the type of person I am, I like to stay hungry, always want more. So the play that I did or the the type of player that I was in this last game, it just fuels me to want to be better moving down the road and, you know, obviously attacking Stony Brook this weekend. So you got more of an opportunity to play Saturday against Delaware State because of the injuries to Aaron Banks and Bryson Parker. How did you kind of embrace that and handle that? Really both you and Mikey Jermalowicz who came in and really both of you did great jobs. You know, as far as just the defense, um, Coach Wood and, and, and Coach Huseman harp on everybody being, you know, next man up mentality, everybody being ready to play. So it, that's the, the energy that we attack practice with as, a you know, the safety room. Like, you never know what's going to happen out there on Saturdays. You always have to be ready to go in. And, and, and me and Jarm stepped up to the table and, and did what we were supposed to do. How have you kept yourself prepared, I guess, for these moments being that, you know, up until this season, this is really the first time you're finding yourself on the depth chart, finding yourself not playing on special teams. How do you kind of like bide your time and get ready for these moments? Uh, I'd like to give, you know, all the praise to to the most high to God. You know what I'm saying? Like um, been a tough time being here, just being like freshman year, sophomore year, not really seeing a lot of the field. And then junior year, I'm getting out on special teams a lot more. I'm starting to get a lot of more uh, trust behind me. And then, you know, this year has been more than what I was expecting it to be and and I can only thank God for putting me in the position that he has put me in he keeps me calm he keeps me uh collected and never get too high never get too low 
do you think it's been a, a skill thing uh, that you've kind of built up to this point, or has it been more just you know mental reps and kind of just you know maturity, I guess, and yeah. learning the playbook? I think I think it's a lot of both because obviously I started at corner, so you know um, it's a very different mentality at the corner position. With what I learned there, I, I think I've applied a lot of it to safety and just being able to sit behind Banks and see how he does things and how he works through coverages. Uh, it's allowed me to become you know mold myself into the player that I would like to be. So you went from corner to safety. Trey Tomlinson went from safety to corner. Did the two of you guys kind of commiserate on these transitions? It was actually funny because like the day that like we had switched, he was just sitting in the locker room and he was just smiling at me. I'm like, and, and the type of person Trey is, Trey's just always smiling all the time. He's like, yo, we, we, uh, we switched. Like, you're a safety now and I'm a corner. And it was like right in the middle of spring camp so it was like, uh, alright. And it was red zone day the next day so like red zone's kind of you know tricky especially if it's your first time out there but you know we were excited about the opportunity thank you both handled the transition really well and look we're kind of burying the headline here from your other highlight saturday so i want to go back and let you relive that highlight as well here was jabril hayes's first spider interception adams throwing deep jabril hayes is there to leap in the air and make the interception the redshirt junior from Stevens City grabs it in the air for the Spider INT. Talk about answering the call. I love it. Jabril Hayes, you know, Banks is out of the game. Bryson Parker goes out. You're called to step up. And what do you do? Step up and make a play. Delaware State doing exactly what they should do, which is it was just attack a guy you don't see on the field very often. That's no problem. Jabril Hayes reads that ball in the air, makes the play. I kind of, uh, I didn't have uh, the greatest rep when um, I was guarding the receiver uh, he kind of cut across my hips a little bit but like once I came back out of the break I, I got back on top and I saw the ball in the air and I knew that I could just rely on my bounce and, and go up and get the ball and it felt really good and there was some bounce that was a full extension uh, <laughs> and I mean was there any you know doubt that you were catching it or were you like as soon as you saw it coming to you you're like, Not, this is mine. as soon as I saw the ball in there as soon as I saw it left his hand to be honest I knew that it was going to be mine I knew I was going to come down with the ball what was the reaction from your teammates? What's it called? They're all excited on the sideline, <laughs> juiced up. I keep saying it, but yeah. they was really juiced up. Like, uh, I think one of the first people I saw when I got to the sideline was Josiah, and, like, he gave me a big hug. Like, it, it was good to see him giving me that type of energy, too, because, you know, obviously what he's been through, but that's my brother, and, and all those guys were excited for me. Do you think the idea of being juiced up is something that maybe hasn't been in the first two games and kind of came out for the team uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot more energy being played being played with out there uh, on Saturday compared to the, the first two games. Um, you know, obviously, you know, losing games is an ideal, but um, just to be able to have a dominant um, win over these guys and, and go out and handle our business like we we're supposed to, like I think that that energy is is very meaningful. So, have you guys flushed out the first two games, or are you kind of using them as a springboard now? lessons learned kind of thing heading into conference play this weekend you know definitely lessons learned but um I, I ultimately I think that we flushed them you know th like with this uh with college football it's just a you know a business like we you can't harp on the things that that hurt us too much you can't harp on those L's for too long you just have to continue to move forward and and work to be the best team that you can be especially when conference play comes well, do you guys understand the impact and the meaning of what starts this week? I know Coach Usman, after Michigan State, had said, hey, the season starts now, sense of urgency. 
all of that, and you got that kind of transition game victory of Delaware State. Right. Now it really does begin Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, obviously conference plays big. Coach Huseman's, uh, you know, very – he's pointed that out to us not only after the Delaware State game but also in the, the Sunday night meeting as well. But, you know, as a team, I, I, I can kind of feel the energy um, – you know, of guys understanding how real it's about to get and, and, you know, how much we need to, you know, lock in on what matters. Is there a clear divide between these non-conference opponents? Take Michigan State out of it, but these non-conference opponents in Morgan State and Delaware State, and then the skill level that you see once you play conference opponents in CAA? Um, I don't really think there's too much of a difference. Um, I mean, that's just the mentality you have. Like, I don't, I don't really think there's too much of a difference other than, you know, with CAA football, it's one of the most aggressive, you know, football conferences and FCS football so obviously we know every week is going to be a dog fight we just got to go out there and um, pay attention to the little things and, and everything will be great all right finishing up with Jabril Hayes and I got to admit I was looking for something off the field not football related what can we find out about Jabril and I'm digging a little bit and I go back to the Spideys the awards that are given out to student athletes at the end of the year and there you were named most likely to brighten your day. What's the Jabril Hayes personality that leads your fellow classmates and friends to pick you as most likely to brighten your day? Um, you know, like one thing that I, I try to focus on every day when I wake up is, is uh, trying to have a positive impact on those around me. When we started camp this year, uh, like obviously I got I won the award last year, but when we started camp this year, I started saying Grand Rising to the guys every morning. So like every morning I see guys, it's Grand Rising, Grand Rising. They'll usually like reiterate it back to me. And it's funny when I got the interception, I came back on the sideline. Everybody was like Grand Rising, Grand Rising. So it's just nice to know that I'm having a good impact on these guys and, and you know giving them the energy that they're they're looking for that they need. Well, you certainly are, and you brightened everybody's day on Saturday yes, with the. Sir. Interception and a hit on the special teams. Keep it going, Jabril. Look yes, forward sir. to conference play. Yes, with sir. You. Appreciate you, Mr. Bob Black. Appreciate you, Christian. Yeah. And Bob Jabril is one of those guys that does, in fact, brighten everyone's day, and he brightens my day quite a bit too. When I go down to the field during practice, uh, he's usually one of the first people to come up and give me a handshake, ask me how I'm doing. So it was good to have him up here in the booth with us. Uh, you know, talking well, with him. Just the way he said thanks to us at the end. You know, bright, bright mm -hmm. my day. And this is one of those podcasts I wish we were doing the video version as well because every time we asked him a question, his answer was extremely articulate, but it came with a smile on his face through the smile. entire answer that he gave. He was he was really fun. He deserved that award of That's brightening right. everybody's day. Right? Great uh, joie de vie out uh, of, <laughs> wow. of Way to pull that one out. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I guess, uh, you know, the other joie de vie, joy of life, uh, it, it is for Coach Huseman. I know it's our special teams. Mm -hmm. And let, let's talk about that for a minute. Special teams played their best game of the season so far on Saturday. Um, you know, from the Chance Graves downed punt at the one-yard line to a 60-yard punt from Aaron Trussler, to a 40-yard field goal on the opening drive for Andrew Lopez. Uh, special teams definitely played its best. Yeah, you could see the smile on Coach Usman's face about that, and he doesn't smile very much. But uh, obviously he's got a, a place in his heart for special teams, and they were really good. Plus, I don't think they'd been up to his expectations in week one and week two. And then other than Aaron Trussler, who I think has been consistent all three weeks, and by the way, Aaron's going to be our guest at um, the Brass Tap for Behind the Web on Thursday at noon. So hopefully you can come out, meet him, talk to him a little bit, or take a listen to the show on 106.1 ESPN. And he really had the long and short of it Saturday, right? He had the 60-yarder, 
And then, as I said on the air on the on the on the Flow Sports live video stream, kind of the the best thirty three yard punt of his career, right? Because it was perfectly placed, and Graves did a great job catching it. That's right, and yeah, like you just said, Aaron's been so consistent, um, and he's coach loves him, fans love him, so it's just it's a great guy for our program. Um, so we're excited to have him uh, at the coach's show on Thursday. Yeah, and you know one of the things that we didn't ask Jabril that that we will moving forward because I think he'll remain on special teams even though he's going to get some more playing time in the secondary. It's just the mentality of being a special teams player, you know, and what it takes to to kind of have that mindset and know at any moment you can make a game-changing play on special teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody on special teams, I guess special teams um, in terms of getting, you know, onto the depth chart and getting serious playing time and starting, you know, special teams is, I guess, the crawling phase before you can go walk. Uh, so a lot of these guys bide their time on special teams. Um, but it's great to see guys like Jabril Hayes, guys like Wayne Galloway, who have spent a lot of their careers just as special teams players, you know, now on the depth chart, now making plays. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Wayne Galloway. There's a couple of guys on defense we need to give a shout-out to. We're always shouting out Tristan Wheeler, and you can certainly do that statistically again today. But the game that Wayne Galloway gave the Spiders Saturday, he became a starter amongst the linebackers. He led him in tackles, and, of course, the highlight 81-yard pick set. Oh, this is going to be picked off. And heading down the sideline is Wayne Galloway for the Spiders. And he is going to take it to the house for the Spider touchdown. As he picks off the short little shovel pass under duress, there's nobody in front of him, and he legs it across the goal line. Thank you for the gift. He doesn't have much left in the tank to do any celebrating, (laughs) so you just let you guys hit you on the bottom, hit you on the head. He almost passed out on the way down there, but he made it, baby, and it's worth it. You'll remember this one, Wayne. You'll talk about this one with your family. Uh, you know, it's not every day you see a guy who wears a cowboy collar galloping down the field with the ball, So that, uh, at least since the 1980s maybe. But um, that's a little before my time. Maybe closer to yours. It was closer to mine. And I remember linebackers doing that. It was funny, too, because that's a long haul for a linebacker. And you could tell when he hit the end zone, he almost didn't have enough uh, air in the tank to celebrate. He let his teammates kind of celebrate for him. So that was a great moment for him. That was. You know, when a wide receiver running back, you know, they scored, there usually a little dance involved. He just put his hands up because (laughs) I'm not sure he really – I mean, just considering what that play was in general that put the ball in his hands, I, I was like, I imagine he thought, you know, we'll have to talk to him at some point, but I imagine he thought, ball's in my hands, I just got to run. And he did. And he had, you know, good blockers, and he had plenty of space and took a- it to the house. As you said, cowboy collar galloped to the end zone, to the house, to the barn for six for Wayne Galloway. And then I mentioned statistically on Tristan Wheeler, first time this year, ironically, he didn't have a double-digit tackle game, but he did eclipse the 400 career tackle mark. And I love the stat that you unearthed. He is the leading active tackler amongst any division of NCAA college football. That's right. And looking at those numbers and those schools, and, you know, he's up against Power 5 players, you know, but then you look down the list and there's guys at the D2 level that are, you know, tearing it up like that Mm -hmm. for their teams. Mm -hmm. So uh, Tristan has just been the tried and true defensive leader for our team, and the numbers prove that. Yep. Going to need that kind of performance and more Saturday. We know that, uh, Christian. Let's look ahead in our in our remaining moments on the Spider Insight podcast today. Heading up to Stony Brook. Uh, this has been a house of horrors for the Spiders going up there. I'm sure they say the same thing about coming down here because this has been a home field dominated series. This one's going to be at Stony Brook Saturday. Uh, look, I hate to use this cliche, 
but they might be one of the best 0-3 teams out there. The schedule maker was not kind to them. They opened the season with Delaware, Rhode Island, and then an FBS game at Arkansas State, and they're 0-3, but they're a dangerous 0-3. That is, I was going to say the same thing, Bob. That is dangerous. Starting with two ranked teams, uh, Delaware and Rhode Island, both coming into 22 when they played them, and then the FBS opponent, Arkansas State, making the trip to Arkansas State. Um, you know, I don't think we've seen you know, the best of or what we're going to see for the season going forward now that conference plays in full swing of Stony Brook. Here's the other thing is they've experienced two conference games already, tough ones against two of the tougher teams. The Spiders are playing their first conference game, and Jabril talked about that a little bit, about the mentality and how it changes a little bit. And the Spiders, they have to jump in with both feet right away Saturday, whereas Stony Brook will be on its third CAA game of the year already. Mm -hmm. And Coach always alludes to we're going to play much better teams. You know, once we're in conference play, we're going to be playing way better opponents. Um, and Stony Brook's kind of been seasoned to that already, playing you know Delaware and uh, Rhode Island. Maybe the advantage that they get with that is that they have you know been a little bit more battle tested. Mm-hmm. But you can make the argument for the Spiders as well, going up to Michigan State mm-hmm. and then you know playing a solid game against Delaware State on Saturday. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what uh, the Spiders come up with. And look, this is a talking point for us, and I get it. History should not be an indication of what's going to happen Saturday. But it's very definitely there. It has been relevant that that has been a really difficult play. Now, Stony Brook's had some good teams, but so has Richmond. And neither team has really had much success in the other team's ballpark, so to speak. And you just hope that this trip is different for the Spiders. That's right. If you look at our, our records book, I have it pulled open on my laptop right now. It's tied record, 4-4 four and four all time. We're 3-1 and one at home, and we're 1-3 and three away. <laughs> So, you know, their record is the same thing, just flip-flop. Yep. Um, and it's Yeah, it's tough to go up there to Long Island. The one thing that I think might make a difference this time around is in the past, the team has uh, drove in buses to Long Island, made that trip. Um, and, we're, you know, we'll be chartering up Friday uh, afternoon mm-hmm. now. So I, I would like to believe that that will make a difference. It's a very short flight versus a 12-hour bus ride. Let's hope it makes a difference on Saturday afternoon at 3.30. All right, we're looking forward to the start of CAA play for the Spiders. It is a 3.30 game, so our airtime on 106.1 ESPN is at 3 o'clock. Jasmine Coleman's back again this week with us. He had a great time at Michigan State. He's going to have a great time this weekend, and hopefully he's going to get a W this time, and Matt Smith will be on the sideline as well. And again, we'll be on the air at 3 o'clock on 106.1 ESPN, and it is on Flow Sports, the live video video streaming subscription service behind the paywall if you want to watch the spiders at stony book christian thanks thank you bob he's christian gravis i'm bob black thanks to our special player guest spider defensive back and special team standout jabril hayes we'll be back next week to wrap up the caa opener against stony brook and preview the spiders home game against hampton that's coming up on the next edition of the spider insight podcast